I am John Kane, and this is Resistance Radio. I want to thank you for joining us. Um, I do have a guest with me uh, today, and uh, we'll get right into it. But first, I've got to remind people that we are listener-supported radio, and we depend and count on your contributions. If you are listening to us on WBAI in New York City, I ask that you go to that pledge line, which is 212-209-2950. That's 212-209-2950. Or go online to give to wbai.org. Uh, make a one-time donation, a time donation. Um, if you want to make a small donation on a monthly basis, you can become a WBAI buddy. Whatever you can do, we greatly appreciate it, and we, and we need it. If you're listening in Washington, D.C., on WPFW, I ask that you go to their pledge line, which is 202-588-9739, or go to their website, which is wpfwfm.org. Org. And the same thing goes. You can follow the prompts. You can make a time donation. You can make a, a one-time donation. You can become a sustaining member of the station, which gives you certain member rights for both of these stations. We, look, we, we count on your contributions to provide not just the station's operational funds, but frankly, for a program like this that is not something you're going to find everywhere, I'm asking you to make a contribution because of the airtime that these two stations provide resistance radio. And without that airtime, we, we wouldn't have this, uh, this program. So uh, again, I, I greatly appreciate the, the space that these two stations give, give to me and my guests. And, uh, and I would greatly appreciate it if you would support those two stations. All right, so my guest is Donna Fan Boyle. Donna is a, a longtime friend. And that sounds better than old friend, but longtime friend. And she's joined me on a number of occasions. We've talked about the mascot issue, and Donna has really been the lead uh, and has spearheaded the effort to, to shut down one of the more infamous schools in the nation with their Redskins uh, mascot and logo, and that is Neshaminy High School uh, in uh, Lang- Langhorne, Pennsylvania. And, um, it, and it hasn't been an easy fight, and it's one of those ones that's been going on for a very, very long time. Look, I, I've been fighting my old high school, <laughs> Cambridge, New York, and, you know, I, uh, that one dragged on for a couple of years, and it's still a little bit dragging on, but, but the, the duration that, that Donna has been fighting on uh, Neshaminy High School and others is just incredible. And, and look, Neshaminy's been covered nationally on the news, and actually so is Cambridge a little bit, but uh, um, they, you know, it, it's, it's been an incredible saga and one that continues to this day. So let me, let me just introduce and, uh, and again, thank Donna Fan Boyle for joining me on Resistance Radio. Thanks for having me, John. I'm uh, really uh, happy to be here. And yes, the, the battle with Neshaminy has been going on almost 10 years now. Incredibly. Yeah, that is incredible. (laughs) That really is. But we have some new tricks up our sleeves, so we're not we're not going away. Um, I've got a lot more support now in my township and I uh, took a seat on the 
the township's uh, human relations commission. Oh, really? And they are, yeah, and they are really on this thing. They just feel that you can't have a town that's um, unbiased or non-discriminatory when you've got such a, uh, you know, a slur to represent the school that's in your township. Well, and the crazy so part is we know that schools all over the country, actually not just schools, but but workplaces all over the United States have adopted these DEI, these diversity, equity, and inclusion programs to, you know, to try to do away with discrimination and, you know, bullying, um, racism in, in, you know, that so many people have to experience in these places. And there is not a single person involved in any of these DEI programs who w will say that you can have a, an effective diversity, equity, inclusion program while you've got a race-based mascot as a part of your school. I mean, they, they cannot coexist without creating, you know, huge contradictions in, in what you're really trying to accomplish. That's right. Right. And, and in the school now, in the Chamonix uh, last year, there was a new group created called Active Minds for Awareness and Change. It's a student group. And um, they actually had a walkout because of, you know, racial issues and, um, you know, uh, LGBTQ issues. And one of the other issues was the mascot. Um, and they, you know, they planned this uh, walkout and the new principal who was uh, assigned last year or got the position last year said, you have issues, go ahead and walk out. So he recognized. So we're hoping that with this new change of principal, um, maybe that, you know, maybe there will be some, um, you know, at least a, 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 um, conversation because with the old one, there wasn't even a conversation. Well, and, so, and in fact, I mean, if you go back, you know, to when Nishamani was really making a lot of headlines, one of the big controversies was there, you know, there, there clearly were students and there's always been students who are opposed in, in frankly, in all of these schools to the use of, of native mascots. Now they may not be may not necessarily be in the majority, but there has been very outspoken students in these schools. And in the Chamonix, it was uh, their, their school newspaper uh, has, you know, played a, a big role in this debate because they took a, they, they adopted a policy that where they wouldn't print the name. And right. that turned into, I mean, was there, weren't there disciplinary actions taken against the, the, the students involved in the newspaper? Oh my gosh, it was such a debacle. These kids, first of all, this is a, an award-winning newspaper for decades. It's been, you know, notarized for, you know, just how good their, their um, yeah, editors I mean, they're, have they're been. nationally recognized, yes. And including, yes, yes. I might add, even though they're not a native publication, they uh, earned yes. a special uh, acknowledgement from the Native American Naja. Journalists Association. Naja, exactly. Right, um, right. But yeah, yeah go ahead and they, tell the story a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so, yeah, so they, um, you know, after I had first come out and spoken, now it's not the first time, it's, this has happened throughout the years, but it's the first time that they really got some wind under their wings, I guess, and they heard me speak at the school board meeting or, or found out that I had, and then, of course, it was in the, school, in the um, local newspaper. So these kids decided, you know what, this is right. You know, we're not going to print this word anymore because we're about words and we know this is a slur. And there were some editors who didn't agree, but they came to a, a vote and they decided that they were going to ban the term red skin, that they would probably do, you know, like in place of the word, they would do like R dash dash dash. 
And so one of the school board members decided that his son, because he was on the football team, needed to write a editorial because, you know, the thing was they weren't going to be allowed to um, to edit out words and editorials. So uh, so this guy decided his son should write an editorial about, about how wonderful it is to be on the football team and to be a Redskin and how proud he was. And if he could put the word Redskin in there a hundred times, he would. And so the kids on the newspaper decided, well, we're just going to put R dash dash dash. And they were told they weren't allowed to do that. And if they did, that they weren't allowed to print the newspaper. So they sort of went behind their advisor's back and they did it anyway. But instead, what they did was they left a blank space where the editorial would have been. And there they put, well, we were told we weren't allowed to put the editorial in here without the full word. So we decided we were going to leave a blank split space and explain why there's an a blank space. <laughs> and when the newspaper came out, the you know what hit the fan and the uh, when they were distributed, the principal went around like a maniac, uh, taking them back. You know, he was like taking them out of the, out of the, uh, out of the bins. He was, he was pulling up the newspapers <laughs> everywhere. He grabbed them. That's funny. That's funny. Confiscating them. Like, don't read that. Don't read it. It's going to poison you. And, um, yeah. So, and I just want to say that my son was in class when this happened. And, how many, um, how many and years I ago had, now, how many years ago would that be? Uh, approximately? Uh, probably eight. Okay. Eight or nine. Yeah. I, I remember nine. when it was an issue because obviously yeah. I've been doing this for a while myself. So uh, right, the Chamonix, So he was. Yeah, was he, he was in class. He was in class, and they came around with the paper, and they happened to get their hands on the paper. So they, you know, so the kids were reading it, and they were, and I can't tell you all the expletives that were said, but they were calling me all kinds of names. Like, do you believe that bleep? She's stopping us from saying the word redskin and she's taking this away from us and you know bleep 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 and my son said to the kid to the one kid that was saying it he's like well that bleep that you're talking about is my mother and the kid was like no he's like yeah that's my mother and the kid was like oh because my son's pretty big he's like i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry so (laughs) it was quite humorous well and and during that period of time i mean keith oberman uh was on yes. cable news and and he was covering this thing. This got Mike Weiss, um, a reporter yes. for uh, Sports Illustrated at the time, um, was you know had talked about Nishamini specifically, and these guys have no shame. I mean, they just keep yeah. at it and keep at it, and you know, and you you initiated a um, uh, a a complaint, I guess, with the uh, what was it? It's the Human Relations. What is that? What it's called? Commission. Yeah, 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 Pennsylvania Human Relations Commission. Yep. And yep. then comp- once they took it upon, uh, they, they took the case on. You didn't need to really be the the plaintiff anymore, so you withdrew. But they they kept um, moving forward with this. Is that the way I understand it? Well, I was the complainant, um, but when things for quite uh, quite some time. But when things got really ugly to where they were threatening my family and they were threatening, like we were afraid that they were going to come destroy our cars and they were going to poison our dog. And, you know, I had a bus driver threaten to come to my house with a group of people and it got really ugly. And I was like, you know, I have to protect my family. Well, I I remember you you played Um, me back some of the recordings you had on your phone. I remember that. Yes, yes. And so the PHRC said just hold on, let's see what we can do. And so I did virtually end up, um, you know, 
going out of the case. Um, and then uh, the PHRC became the complainant. So it was actually the state of Pennsylvania against Neshaminy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, and, and, and that, anyway, so that goes on. And, but it, but it seemed like there was no real resolution that came out of this. Uh, the, I mean, the Human Relations uh, Commission, they held them to account to some extent, but they didn't actually force the removal of the name. Uh, explain to me what right. their resolution was. Yeah. So, I mean, we did have a, you know, week long hearing. Um, the resolution was um, that they could keep the term redskin, but they had to do away with all the stereotypical imagery, which we know is all of it. Yeah. Um, and so they were kind of in a, you know, like, oh, well, what are we going to do with this name? And not have an image for it. So that was what the ruling came down as, which we were just like flabbergasted because why would you allow them to keep a slur? And I think it was basically that it put them, put Nishamini in kind of a weird place. Like, well, if we don't have the image, then what are we going to do with the word? Um, but then of course um, they appealed it and it went before like, I think it was three or four Republican judges who decided that um, to overturn it because they felt that we should have had a native child, a native student up there for, you know, to like throw to the wolves so that they could be harassed and harmed even more. And um, so oh, they, I, I remember that they, they, they said if there wasn't a child in the school persecuted by this racist <laughs> mascot, then like there was no harm, no foul. Right. It's like if a, tree falls in the woods and nobody's there to see it didn't happen or even like okay so what if you didn't have a black child in the school can you just use the n-word all over the place uh, yeah that's the, the obvious uh, the obvious uh, analogy so <laughs> right. uh, now in the original agreement didn't they have to do some mitigation um to try to i yeah. wasn't there some mitigation uh, in using the mascot now did that all get thrown out with this uh with this appeal yeah I believe so. I think the whole thing got thrown out because that was also, they were supposed to um, have like a community forum, you know, teach the students, you know, add a little, uh, I guess, uh, native uh, education and teach the students about uh, discrimination. And, and it, you know, we were sort of like, well, if they teach them about that, then the students will come to the, to their own conclusion that what they're doing is wrong. So all of that got thrown out. But honestly, even before it went to um, to that point, there had already been two rulings against the school district. The PHRC did say that they must cease and desist of using the name and the imagery. And um, there was a like 17 terms of adjustment that they had to do, including educating the community and the students. But of course, those rulings kept getting appealed, and that's why it ended up going to court. All right. So where does it? I mean, what um, you know? What's the the next step for for any of us who who want to see this gone? I mean, um, is there another opportunity to? I mean, let, let's face it. Be, since then, the Washington football team dropped its name. Yeah. There have been schools, and and in fact, there have been states all over the United States that have banned the practice. And, you know, and of course, you know, I've gone, I I took on my old high school um, Mm -hmm. and there are schools all over Pennsylvania that are changing, uh, you know, um, in various, in in various ways. So, so where does that leave Neshaminy and the fight to get rid of their 
I mean, and let's be honest. The Redskins is the most offensive name. Um, it, it is the one that is clearly defined as a racial slur. And, uh, and so it's, you know, of all of them, it's probably the worst. I'm not saying their, their imagery is the worst, but their imagery has nothing to do with any local native people from, from that area. No. Um, so what's, what's the next step? Well, I mean, since there has been a change of the principal and actually the school board president has changed. He was the worst one. So that has changed. So that gives us some hope. Um, the uh, HRC, Middletown Township HRC, we're working on some, um, you know, doing some some education. We did have a town hall with, uh, the, you know, my coalition of natives and allies. We did our program for them and that really opened some eyes. So we're educating people in the township. Um, right after that, a student uh, went to the school board meeting again and spoke about the mascot issue. So we're going to try to get involved with those students who are in that uh, Active Minds for Awareness and Change. You know, it's a lot of education. Like, it, I mean, it's ridiculous because honestly, the Coalition of Natives and Allies, we've done our program for numerous schools. We've watched you know, and helped other schools change. Um, we offered the program to Nishamani. Uh, they said no, uh, or actually they didn't answer us a couple times. Then we got a hold of a um, counselor there and we said to her, you know, can you see about getting us, you know, so that we can give this program? And she asked what the um, cost of it would be. And I said, it'll be minimal. Um, you know, it, it won't be that much. So she said, all right, I'll get back to you. So she comes back and she says, well, Neshamini doesn't have money for that. Well, gee, they just spent $500,000 fighting the mascot issue. I wonder why, of course, mm -hmm. you know, but they do have tons of money. Um, but so then we said, well, we won't charge. And guess what? No, we don't want it. <laughs> so uh, it's a matter of um, a forceful. I mean, we've been trying to educate and do it that way so that they'll come to the conclusion on their own. But it's you try not to. You, we've been told not to be forceful, but. What else can you do? You know, at this point, you know, if they refuse the education, then what do you do? Now, where are the you know, you said a student brought it up um, at, at a board meeting. Where are you getting any sense that the students are um, are starting to grumble more about this? I mean, I'm not saying it, it, they're the majority, but are you starting to hear more from students? You know, I haven't heard. Like, we haven't. It's hard because they're you know they're underage. They're not adults, so you really can't reach right. out to them. Yeah. You have to be very careful. But um, through this um, Active Minds for Awareness and Change um, and the counselors, I think there's going to be, you know, we're, we'll be able to work together. Um, but, you know, like I said, you have to be careful. You can't just reach out to people that are underage. Um, so, but I, I really think that this year there's going to be a lot more movement on it. Um, and I've noticed that there's a lot less of the imagery and there's a lot less of seeing the full word. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there is some quiet change being made. And I think what happens is people get used to not seeing it. So then when, I mean, final, they're going to finally have to rip off the bandage, you know? So when it finally does happen, maybe it won't hurt so much. Yeah. Um, I mean, many, many schools have done this where, they they maintain the name and the and the imagery, but they don't put it on the uniforms anymore. And they they start to hide it. I mean, there's two schools still in New York 
that call themselves the Redskins, and that's Canisteo Greenwood in the southern tier of New York, and then um, Ariskany out near Utica, New York. And you have to really look and dig through their website yeah. to find to, to find the name and the imagery anywhere because they've kind of they've kind of tried to bury it a little bit, but yeah. they still, like you said, they won't rip the bandaid all the way off. So. It's right. it's still kind of there. So are um, are they just using skins then as they? Yeah. Uh, yes, they're just using like somehow skins, that's better. Is, <laughs> I know, right? What kind of image are you going to put for that? Like it's ridiculous. But the thing is, is if they don't fully change, then there's always the risk that it's going to come back, and there's always the risk that somebody's going to dress up again, and you know, it, it just has to be changed. Like you know, they can't just like sort of bury it, you know, cause it could come back. Now the newspaper, so, it was, it was called the play wiki. are, are they yeah. in this um, debate any longer or have they kind of sidestepped or uh, been forced to sidestep it? Well, they don't print the word. Okay. They don't print still. the word. Good. Yeah. So there's still, yeah, yeah. But they, I think it's sort of like a thing. We just don't talk about it. Although they have lost a lot of their notoriety. They, it's like it took the wind out of their sails. It's so disgusting that the school had this something that they should have been really proud of and were really proud of till that point. And then they really um, put the screws to them and took the wind out of their sails. And, you know, it, it, it's really sad. Um, and they actually, you know, when they punished those kids, you know, they, they, um, disciplined the student editor you know she couldn't be she couldn't do her job for i think it was a month or two something like a month and they also punished the uh teacher advisor uh they took away her they, they um wouldn't let her work for three days and without pay so they took money away from um, her. yeah yeah exactly so and they said it was to make up for the ink and the paper that was used that's to absurd. print the paper that they did put the word in. But the thing is, the paper is self-funding. Those kids, they sell ads. It's yeah. a self-funding paper. So they took their money, which I think is theft. Yeah. But a school in California got wind of this because, you know, it was all over. It was nationwide. And a school in California got wind of it. And they have a great newspaper themselves. And they came to the rescue and took up a GoFundMe. I think it was, it was a GoFundMe or the other one. And... Um, to make up for it was like twenty four hundred dollars that they took up from took from the kids' account, and the school in California got them like six thousand bucks. Wow! And so it made up for what was taken from them, and then the kids uh, or the, the editors uh, donated the rest of the money to. Now, what what about those kids who obviously have long since graduated? Has anybody maintained any um, connection oh or correspondence with any of those guys? Right. You know what? Um, I'm not sure, but I, I, I'm still friends with them on Facebook and whatnot. So I do see, see things, but Jillian McGoldrick, who was like the one who got punished, she has done some wonderful things. She's like a, an editor on a, you know, a, a really good newspaper. So these kids, and then there were two others, I can't remember their names. It's been a while, but they've all had successes in journalism or or that kind of thing because and and a lot of it was due to their their strength and their power to stand up for this kind of thing and they're they're known for that so let me donna let know. me reintroduce you my, my my guest today is donna fan boyle she is a friend of mine in fact donna um joined me on my video that i produced that says we're not um, we're not your mascot and and has appeared in and look, a lot of publications, and she, Donna has been 
busy, not just with the mascot issue, I might add. You know, Donna, since since all of this, I know that you stepped up in a big way with missing and murdered Indigenous women. You well, you were well seen um, uh, on some of these issues related to taking down Columbus statues. Um, your voice was being heard on the Standing Rock issue. Um, it, you know, and and now even with this. Uh, this Pope apology tour and, and residential yeah. schools. You, you, you went out to um, Carlisle, as I recall. So you have yeah. really, um, really expanded your, your voice in, in all of these issues, in, in some of the most prominent issues that Native people are facing. Well, you know, they're all, you know, they're all intertwined. Yeah. You know, and especially with the mascot issue, like if you can't fix such a, a, a basic issue, like it, it's just, it should be a no brainer. It's easy to fix. And if you can't fix that simple thing, then how can you fix all these other problems that are more intricate and that actually, you know, with being thought of as a stereotype or a mascot, you know, an archaic image, it takes away your voice. Um, so that's why that, that issue really needs to be settled because we can't be seen as these archaic, uh, you know, warlike creatures. Well, know, I, I maintain that th these mascots are erasure because yes. they are creating false images. Um, they have created the stereotype that is now be we're being saddled with, uh, one that, that says we are warlike and that we're violent and, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that we're merciless, merciless Indian savages, as it says yeah. in the Declaration of Independence. Uh, so that's what they these schools have adopted as their moniker, as their their image uh, imagery, and they've created these characteristics that are not true to who we are as people. So, no. you know, when when people say, "Well, geez, if you get rid of those mascots, then people aren't even going to know Native people exist," and yeah. and they and they claim that we're causing erasure, but the re the fact is, the mascot issue is the erasure. And as you said, they're tied. I don't know how you can have a conversation about residential schools. When you do the timeline and you realize at the same time that little white kids were beating their oatmeal uh, cans and putting on their mom's makeup and playing Indian, Native kids were being ripped from their homes, their families, their communities, sent sometimes hundreds or thousands of miles away and imprisoned in these schools where they are abused and indoctrinated both with, with, with church and religion and, uh, and with the with the ways of white people. They had their names changed, their hair, their, their hair cut, their, I mean, they really went through a physical and um, psychological indoctrination. And, you know, so, and so the irony is that while white kids could play Indian, native kids couldn't be native. I mean, and so I, you can't have those. I mean, it, it, I, I said this, when all that news was breaking in, on the Canadian side, which wasn't really news mm -hmm. to us, it was really confirmation that, those unmarked graves all existed. And, and every day, more and more territories that had these residential schools on the Canadian side are releasing numbers of, uh, of, of confirmed you know, um, graves or children buried in these unmarked or mass graves. Uh, you know, when that started making the news, it's like, how can any school who still is digging in on this mascot issue not feel yeah. shame? I mean, but it, but it just goes to show you that they don't. These these people are shameless, right? It it, it does, and I really think that that's why Nishamani has pushed away any education that we can give them, is because once you know it, you can't unknow it. And if they, 
look, they already know it. But if we educate the community, then it's going to make it even harder for them to, you know, keep fighting it. But it is, it's disgusting because when, like you said, when those little white kids were beating drums, you know, beating oatmeal cans, acting like what they thought little native children were was savages, the native kids were sent to these, these prisons, basically, and had the, the, the native beat out of them. No, it was you know, kill just, the Indian, save the man. And, and when they say right. kill... Native children died in these schools, and and the ones yeah. who didn't die did have a part of them killed, and, and that's how aggressive. Yeah. They didn't use that word lightly. They meant it, mm -hmm. and and these children were abused. Oftentimes, yeah. it wasn't even just abused to, uh, to assimilate. It was to break them. So the sexual yeah. abuse, the physical abuse, the emotional abuse, and, and, and the idea that you've been ripped away from your family, your mother, your father, your grandmother, I mean... We know as Native people how, how much those relationships matter. And right. they became severed. And these, these church-run, government-funded schools took power of attorney over these children and, and, and really severed for 150 years. I mean, that's, I, I mean, that's many generations of, of children. Yeah. And, you know, and during that period of time, we experienced the largest period and a quantity of land loss uh, and of course we lost our identity you know we also have hollywood creating these images we have these mascots creating these images we have literature creating these images uh so you know this is it, it's it's actually a, amazing that our sense of autonomy and distinction exists at all and and it's a struggle and and it look we've paid a huge price for this genocide that was perpetrated against Native people. And the fact that we still have to have these discussions with schools like Neshaminy or Cambridge or, or any of these other schools, it, it, just, it just goes to show how deep racism is embedded mm -hmm. in, um, in, in America and how systemic racism is. I mean, when you, when you talk about schools promoting stereotypes and, and doing it every year, so uh, every year you've got you know, hundreds of kids in, in even these smaller schools, hundreds of kids that are that are going through the process of learning falsehoods about Native people. And so they graduate yeah. with a complete ignorance and and misinformation about who Native people are. Because, you know, and look, we hear it all the time and, and where people say, oh, you don't look Native. Well, it's because you think <laughs> I'm supposed to look like that image on the side of your football helmet? I mean, it's, right. so you got white people trying to, you know, not only cast dispersion, but the, but the question whether we meet what they have created as the image, you know, for who, for who we claim to be. I mean, it's, it's pretty incredible. And, of course, you know, I'd be remiss if I, we didn't um, take a few minutes to talk about one of our favorite organizations. Um, yes. Because this, this group that calls themselves NAGA, and the fact that it sounds a lot like MAGA, is no coincidence. Um, this group, and the, NAGA stands for Native American Guardian Association, or I don't know if it's Guardians or Guardian, it doesn't matter. But um, Guardians, yeah. they claim that they're protecting uh, Native people by keeping mascots in place. And, right. and their, their tagline now is educate, not eradicate. And as right. you suggested, though, the problem is you can't educate about the truth of what Native people you know, experience because... 
that would undermine using us as mascots. So, so when they do talk about education, they want to whitewash it. They want the Disney version. Right. They want, you know, they want to tell the happy story of Pocahontas, not the fact that she was, you know, raped and kidnapped at 12, year old, 12 years old. Right, you know, right. So, and I and, go ahead. And the way I the the way I see it as well is, how can you be the guardians of natives when you are uh, lying about the natives, when you are getting people to attack the natives, when you won't tell the truth about the natives, when you um, say ugly things about the native organizations, when you are doing everything in your power to demean natives. How can you be our guardians? I, I mean, they, they, they even stood. Lies. They even I, stood. I they even stood with that Nicholas Sandman after the confrontation between Sandman and um, um, and, and Nathan Phillips. Remember that down in Washington? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The, yes, those those exactly. little private school white boys. They actually. Right. They didn't come to you know, to to support um, Nathan Phillips. Right. They went and supported the right. white kid who went and sued a bunch of media, got paid off by some of these media, although he lost in court in, the, in his final uh, leg of his, of his lawsuits. But this guy, this, this kid and his family went and, and monetized their confrontation with, uh, with Nathan Phillips. And these guys, Naga, was with, with them. I mean, it's, it's incredible. Right. I mean, they, they you know, I, I've said this over and over again. Obviously, I've had some face to face with some of these guys. And when I was yeah. helping Lancaster change their name, um, mm -hmm. uh, the, some of the white folks in Lancaster flew in a couple of these Naga guys. In fact, Andre Bilodeau <laughs> was supposed to be one of the guys that came in, but he was a no show. He was actually supposed to sit right. at my table at a community <laughs> engagement session. So I don't know if he just got cold feet. I they probably didn't so. pay him enough. Yeah, yeah they probably it. didn't pay him enough. But, uh, you know, yeah. they, they've tried to come in and, and weigh in. And they usually look pretty pathetic, and yes. uh, you know, and of course that Andre uh, Bilodeau went to um, your hearings, and actually yes. made made a bit of a mockery of himself. He claims that he yes. he helped them win. Of course, they didn't win. <laughs> they had to appeal no. it later on, but his testimony was of no assistance. He he promotes himself as an author because he wrote a a self published children's book about how the Washington football team has it you know got its name. And right, and now and then he tries to pass himself off as some sort of an expert. Well, as not only as an expert, he actually says that because he testified in the Nishamani hearing, he said, yes. "Well, P Pennsylvania considers me an expert." <laughs> right. <laughs> no, right. he was allowed to testify, but that didn't make him an expert. Um, exactly, he was Nishamani's expert witness, but that doesn't mean that Pennsylvania saw him as an expert witness. Right, and not, and now he's trying to pass himself right. off as a psychologist or a social scientist. And, yes, and, he, and you know, but he's he's a he's a bit of a moron. Um, he, he is, actually, but, and actually, actually during the hearing, he he was um, forced to do the walk of shame because he came. He said he could only be there on a certain day, so they made sure that he would testify on that day. And um, so he testified, and then he shows up the next day, and he thinks he's going to get to testify again. So the judge stopped. There was testimony going on, and the judge stopped the testimony and actually said, um, I think because of the, the lawyers for the PH, PHRC saw him there, and the, the, the judge said, why are you here, Mr. Billadou? Like, you were supposed to testify yesterday and not be here today. And he said, well, I have more things to add. And the judge said, no, you're done. You can leave. So he had to do the walk of shame. And we got some good video of that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's rich. <laughs> He's so full of himself. Yeah, he really is. And, and the crazy part is, 
after that, he actually got thrown out of Naga. They they yes. they they cast him out because after years of saying that you know he was just a white guy who was interested in all this stuff and and made clear that he was not native, he then turned around and said, "Well, I did uh, one of those, you know, spit tests and uh, and <laughs> I found out that I'm 2% native." Um although he had said previously that he had done DNA test and, and wasn't at all. And then went on to, to, to try to create, within Naga, try to promote this idea that almost everybody in the United States is part yeah. Native. And so Naga said, no, we're not having any of that. They're, you know, that's, that's a, a losing game. So, so they tossed him out. And yeah. then a couple of years later, they bring him back because obviously they were desperate <laughs> to have somebody who, um, although would spread misinformation, could do it in a fashion that sounded um, intellectual. So they brought him yes. back, and they not only brought him back, but in his bio, they allowed him to <laughs> to make those exact claims that he's part native, and yep. like most <laughs> Americans, is part native. So I mean, it just shows just how pitiful, desperate, and pathetic desperate this organization people. really is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that just puts the icing on the cake to take him back like that because they're so desperate. He's the closest thing that they can get to a psychologist to give them any kind of information and, you know, looking at their information under their research page, there is zero. No, they have nothing. I mean, and, and what they do have, they yeah. have to make up. Exactly. Right. They have taken research of other well-known psychologists and twisted it to fit their needs. And, um, those psychologists, uh, I mean, I reached out to them and got, you know, response from them saying that they do not want their research being used in that way. And they, you know, and so, but the thing is, is that Billadu and Naga still go on, even though they have seen that, you know, we have these letters and these statements, they still go on to use these psychologists. And, and we've and, got peer reviewed research and studies and findings that have been, you know, that have been used over and over and over again. Uh, you know, even the New York uh, Association of School Psychologists has adopted yes. what the you know, American Psychological Association has, you know, has, again, peer reviewed and, and put their stamp on uh, to say. Yeah. And, and the again, the, the New York Association of School Psychologists supports a ban on, on native mascots. And I mean, these are the child development experts. I mean, the, yeah. these aren't some guy who, you know, worked for the Coast Guard or something like that, who who wrote a children's book about the Redskins because he was a yeah. fan. I mean, exactly. I mean, it, it's, it's really absurd. Now, as it you is, know, you know, I took, I took on my old high school. I got the school board to, to vote, to retire it. They ran yes. a couple of people on, on the school board who, uh, who then came and unretired it. Five families in, in Cambridge then filed a petition with the New York state department of education uh, calling the actions of this board arbitrary and capricious. The commissioner of, uh, of, of education in New York, uh, Dr. Betty Rosa, agreed, and she forced Cambridge to reinstate the original retirement resolution. Then the school board sued Dr. Rosa in Supreme Court and lost. And, yes. and now they filed a notice of appeal, but it's really doubtful that they'll actually appeal. They, I mean, they didn't have any grounds when they brought the commissioner to to court, and that's why it was mm -hmm. such such an easy ruling, um, right? And so, in their last board meeting, 
they brought some Naga guys and they brought Andre Bilodeau to oh, to Cambridge geez. to and and yeah. to to pitch this this study that he did who and he has no <laughs> psychological um no. credit you know credibility to to do some you know accreditation or anything yeah to do anything but he does cite Dr uh Philip Zambardo uh, who is a a uh, um a, a prominent psychologist, uh, one who is well read and uh, and well researched, and uh, one who has you know a lot of credit to his name. And he was the president of the APA. He was the president of the APA at one time, and and he keeps citing him and claims that this guy is his mentor. So <laughs> as if as if this guy was personally offering mentorship to Andre yeah. Bilodeau, which is not true. And then, as you said twisted his words around and you know he's he's talked about the the struggle that the kids have with identity in high school and Bilodeau made that all about identity with their mascot <laughs> yes. and you know and then and, and then wrote this long dissertation which is really rife with errors and uh and and lies and uh, and must have cited um uh, Dr. Zambardo's name you know three yes. or four or five times uh, you know through through his uh you know through his his paper. Um, so I reached out thanks with help from you. And I reached out to, um, to Dr. Zimbardo and he's going to join me in a couple of weeks. And, uh, I want to talk about the work that he's doing because he's doing this work called the heroic imagination project, which is, it sounds to me a lot like some of that diversity, equity, inclusion stuff. It's, it's about addressing, um, workplace problems, including bullying and discrimination and that kind of stuff. So, I'm really interested to hear what he has to say about about trying to change this this environment that oftentimes has these kinds of uh, you know discrimination and racism issues, um, and also obviously to address some of the false claims being made by this Naga um, uh, clown anyway. So um, yeah. that sh that should be interesting, but yes. it is really incredible to me because one of the things that that I've I've cited over and over again. In fact, when I ran into these guys in Lancaster, one of the things that I, I said immediately to, um, who's the guy there who um, isn't native, but he claims to be, yeah, Mark. Mark yeah, yeah one, <laughs> one pup or whatever his name is, yeah. Um, you know, he, he was actually introduced to me. I never even got out of my chair because I thought it would be too intimidating if I stood up to him. But I said, I said, you should be ashamed of yourself. I said, yeah. One thing, no native person ever goes into the territory of other native people and and then side with white people against them. And he came yeah. into Lancaster. One of the things that was unique about Lancaster's situation is the th three school districts that have a, a, a substantial native population in them were boycotting uh, competing against Lancaster in sports. So right. it was Tuscarora, it was the Tonawanda Senecas, and the Seneca Nation. So he's in, in western New York, which is, again, Seneca territory, because even the Tuscaroras uh, live in Seneca territory, essentially, and, and comes into Seneca territory and basically is there beholding to, to white folks, taking on a position that the Seneca yes. Nation that, and everybody, the families of these students and these three school, I mean, the school districts that these students went to supported the boycott because they yes. knew what you know? What Lancaster was doing with their, uh, and again, their um, their mascot was the Redskins, um, and and they really uh, treated native stu students when they competed against native people. 
they uh, tried to rub in their face that they were that they were the real Redskins somehow. I mean, it was uh, it was absurd. But so totally. I mean, after we went through this thing with with Lancaster, in spite of Naga sending you know some of their their morons up, uh, that school board voted unanimously to get rid of it, and they changed their name to the Legends. Now I saw in one of the the Naga posts that they were trying to make some sort of claim that I was pushing Lancaster <laughs> to change their name to a specific mascot. The Red Hawks, yeah. They, there's some kind of conspiracy theory about Red Hawks, and I don't know what it is. I don't know who the who Red Hawk is. That's you know gonna make yeah. some kind of. You I know, I never even suggested that. From, I mean I, I mean I think it was one right. of the it was one of the suggestions that was made by students. Frankly, I one of the students had suggested Pride, the Pride, yeah. and as in lions. And I thought, well, that was kind of yeah. that's kind of cool. That's a play on words because exactly. you use the word Pride, and and the other right. thing about using a Pride of lions. It isn't just male centric, you know. It, it could be, right. uh, you know, a lioness or a cub, you know. So yeah, I thought I thought that was a pretty good. And I still look. I've come to the conclusion that that school mascots should be done away with completely anyway. I mean, yes. I know back here in New York, many school districts have to merge to even maintain a sports program. They you know they can't uh, put a football team together by themselves. They have to uh, pair up with a, with another school. So right. You don't have, and, and I know that's true in Pennsylvania too. I mean, uh, my I have a, a grandson who just graduated and a, and a granddaughter who's in school in um, in Pennsylvania, and their schools have to team up with other with other schools. So mm-hmm. the mascot thing is 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 something that's really it's it's time has passed, and yeah, uh, you know. So and right. it's not necessary. I mean, you identify no. with the school. You don't identify with the cartoon no. that they stuck on your football right. helmet. Um, right. But um, yeah. Um, I wanted to say um, that one of the the battles, mascot battles, that I thought was really um, strange, and that how um, Naga fights for the you know for the um, the people who want to keep the mascots was the mascot for it was the Teton Redskins, I believe. Yeah. And uh, Randy L. Teton, like the people who had the Teton last name, wanted it changed, and here comes Naga into this community to get them all riled up against the, the, the family with the Teton name. Yeah. You know, it's like, how much, how much lower can you go? Yeah. You know, when you will single out this family and have uh, a community up against them. Uh, it, it's, I don't know. I, I just wonder how, if there is any, uh, any <laughs> length that they will not go any stupid well, and, to and any lower. As you, you know, know I mean? over the years, I've hesitated to even talk about them because I hate yes. to give them any more attention, but you know, you get to the point where you've got to bring up some facts that right. not one single uh, nation, First Nation, Native right. Nation, um, endorses this group. Not one single right. native, legitimate Native organization, not NCAI, not NAJA, not USET. There's not a single association, trade group, or, or, or any other Native organization, legitimate lo- Native organization, that has endorsed these guys. They're they're really you know kind of like a you know a cloud essentially because they bring people in from different. I mean they brought two guys in from New Mexico, two thousand miles away to bring them to Cambridge, New yes. York. Um, yes. And and the one guy and the guy's wearing like an Atlanta Braves T-shirt or something like that, as, as I recall. I mean, <laughs> of it's, it's it's just right. it's just so absurd. But these guys yeah. are really the worst. And anything that they've posted is just rife with with not just mistruths but lies and you know and uh, and i think billado has has earned himself a spot after they threw him out earned himself a spot because frankly he can 
he can write these long diatribes about you know his position. Um, right. And I don't know that they have anybody else who can do that for them because this isn't a a, a particularly bright group, no. nor is it a, is it a consistent group. They 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 lose members, they throw people out, they bring people back, um, they yes. change their their titles. I mean, I think according to their last IRS um, uh, submission they only had like six people that they associated with the organization. So it's, it, right. it's, and they it's did, a bit of a joke. Right. And they did one year have one large donation, which was over a hundred thousand. I think it might've been like $124,000. And they said it was from around the spirit Lake area, which is where Eunice is from, but they didn't divulge who exactly donated the money. So that would be interesting. Although they say that, you know, uh, Dan Snyder didn't give them any money, but they won't divulge who actually gave them that large donation. Yeah, and, and the University and of Illinois also, was fighting a lot of that stuff, and 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 these guys were getting a lot of uh, acknowledgement from that from them as well. So right. there's no telling. Right. Look, there's a lot of wealthy white people who were willing to fund these guys. I mean, look, uh, the um, Neshaminy High School paid Billado uh, over six thousand dollars to come testify yeah. Um, yeah. in that hearing. So almost, right, almost sixty five. Yeah, six thousand four hundred and fifty dollars. They yeah, I mean, it's, him. it's it's kind Ooh. of it's, it's that's that's all kind of absurd, but you know. Yeah, and the last time the last time that I had any run-ins with anyone from Naga was their uh, attorney Scott Cousins when I went to a, a school here in uh, it was the Susquehannock uh, Warriors or Indians I can't remember but uh, their lawyer showed up for that one and uh, he was gra- gathering a group of people together to speak at the school board meeting. And when I saw him, I ran up to him and I said, are you the attorney? Are you Scott Cousins, the attorney for Naga? And he said, yes, who are you? And I told him, you know, I'm Donna Fanboyle and that there's some information about me on the Naga website that needs to be taken down or there will be legal action taken against you. And he said, oh, too bad. We won. And I'm like, what do you mean we won? We won the case. I'm like, well, it's not over yet. And I said, but um, you need to take that down. He's like, don't you understand? I'm the attorney for, uh, for Naga and, and I know what I'm talking about. I said, I understand you're the attorney, but you're not a very good one. Get the information off about me taken down. Well, so just, just to make your point, make your point about them not being very good. They also tried to be one of the major plaintiffs in fighting the state of Colorado's ban on native mascots and they lost badly. Um, yes. They, yeah. I mean, and it was clear that they were going to lose because they were trying to make submissions that were being thrown out right from the get-go. So, no, they're, they aren't very good at what they do. Um, no. They're, you know, again, they're, their star is, 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 you know, is the white guy, is uh, Andre Bilodeau. I mean, and, you know, they try to dress up a few people, you know, who are native-looking and, and put them out front. But at the end of the day, the only person who, um, who can really – um, speak a, a line on this thing has been Andre Bilodeau. The, the lawyer is terrible, and and of course right. what he's saying is not true. He's just no. good at, at wordsmithing and um, yes, and, and and of course misrepresenting so many things, including his relationship with uh, with with Dr. Philip Zimbardo. I mean, so right. I, I, right. they really are frauds uh, almost at every level. And, and again, the idea of booting. Um, Bilodeau off and they're bringing them back. It just gives you an idea just how, you know, how pathetic they really are. But, um, but it's amazing. They do, you know, they do find people to, to throw money at them to, I mean, I don't know who paid these guys to go to Cambridge. You know, some of the folks at Cambridge think that 
they, they thought that NAGA is this well-funded organization, and they really aren't. I mean, they no. when they peddle their their educate, don't eradicate, then they try to sell a curriculum to to schools, and nobody's ever produced a thorough curriculum that that these guys have uh, cl you know claimed to be you know putting together. And you can imagine how whitewashed that Native American history has to be coming from these clowns. Oh my gosh. Yeah, if you look at their information, I mean, at, like you said, Naga is so close to Maga that it would be just so right wing. Yeah. And not only that, any any education that they would offer has to, I, I would think that in every state it has to be um, okayed by the State Department of Education. You can't just go in with a curriculum or change curriculum because I, well, I got to assume that schools have a certain amount of leeway, uh, you know, especially when it comes to like local history. Um, so I would suspect there's probably some leeway, but. But in terms of broad-based uh, curriculum changes, I don't anticipate that. And, and I've said this all along. If you have a native mascot and you and your argument for keeping it is that you're going to increase native education, <laughs> then you're not fixing the problem. You're continuing the problem by exactly. and, and, and really making the problem worse because if the mascot itself wasn't erasure enough, the kind of history that you're going to teach that supports that mascot is going to be worse. It's it's going to further the erasure. Right. Yeah, we've right. only got a, I mean, we've even... only got a couple of minutes left. So so Donna, why okay. don't you? Um, uh, I mean, give me your give me your thoughts on on where this fight and so many of the other stuff that. What, I mean, how are you feeling about where we're at right now? Not I mean not notwithstanding what's happening in the Chamonix, but in general, I feel pretty good. I don't know uh, how oh, do you yeah. feel about where yeah. we're at. Yeah. Oh, I think we've made great headway. So many changes have happened. I'm really hopeful for the future. Um, there's a lot of ban, you know, like uh, legislation being written, including in Pennsylvania. We have uh, a le some legislation from Chris, uh, uh, Representative Chris Rubb, who um, is looking to ban these native mascots. Um, I, I feel really good. I mean, there's just so much going on and you know really i mean it happened after george floyd you know everything with george floyd well i think i think we were beneficiaries of black lives matter and you know we saw columbus statues come down we've seen yes washington football team drop its name the cleveland baseball team drop its name and i think there's been more schools that have changed in the last five years than in the in the uh, 15 years prior i believe absolutely so. absolutely yeah. well i yeah. want to thank yeah. you for your work um I, I, I'm probably going to drop your name when I talk to uh, Dr. Philip Zimbardo in a couple of weeks, uh, if you don't mind. And uh, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you, you keep it up and you stay in touch, and uh, we'll do this again. Uh, we'll do this again real soon. Okay, thanks, John. Take care now. It's always good to talk to you. All right, folks, that is my friend Donna Fan Boyle from Langhorn, Pennsylvania, and uh, she'll join us again someday. So uh, again, I want to thank you guys for listening. This is John Kane for Resistance Radio. Yahweh.